0: Hey y'all, my name is Robbie Myrick and this is The Robbie Show. I'm a Southern Mississippi-born country boy now living in Central Alabama. Got a wife, three adult kids, brand new grandbaby girl. I play music. I've done church music for all my life. Raised on country and bluegrass and I like a lot of coffee. All kinds of coffee. So we're going to talk a lot about that kind of stuff and hope you'll join us. Welcome to the Robbie Show. Well, David and Christina, we had promised that we would have you guys come back on and uh, talk to us a little bit. You guys are doing such a great work here in the Gardendale, Jefferson County, Walker County area. Um, David, you had mentioned to me a few days ago that uh, you guys were looking at kind of launching out into a new podcast series um, that you titled uh, Life in the Trenches. Um, So why don't we dive right in. Tell us a little bit about that and kind of where your heart's at with it.
1: Yeah, I I think that just this experience with you, um, you know, I want to say thank you for this allowing us to share part of our story um, here. And not only this, but uh, we've heard some feedback from some friends that, listen to your podcast now and also listen to the episodes that we were, we've done. And, you know, they just said how it, how excited it was to, for them to hear part of our story, but also now some of them better understand why, uh, why I, I post things that I post and um, say the things I say sometimes when I speak. But more than that, I think going forward, uh, what Christine and I want to do, um, and this is kind of in the description on the podcast as I've, as I've been working on creating it, we want to cover the three F's, um, faith, family, and friendship. Um, and with that, as Christine and I were talking, you know, we, we want to share our story, of course, um, you know, from our early, our childhood and on up until what got us here. But we also want to talk about some hard things, you know, things that people, especially in the church world, stay away from just because a lot of times it's taboo. You know, we go to church on Sunday mornings and we nod, tell everybody's tell everybody that things are okay. When in reality, You're you know, our, yeah, our lives are falling apart. So we want to try to help people, understand that you know things that you're going through and um you know or or that maybe they've been through that there's light in that darkness you know and there's also people out there that understand your story um you know i've I've been through hell and back and most of the most of what i went through in my life was self-inflicted um and i'm thankful that the lord rescued me um from myself and also, you know, hearing things I guess from family, you know, the the side, the family part of it, you know, family you, we always think our biggest supporters. And in some, some instances they are, you know, but family can be those people who, you know, they always say the ones closest to you hurt you the worst. Um, you mm-hmm. know, we we've done a good job as a community of covering things up, you know, and putting on a smile and when things aren't always okay. And yeah. again, that goes back to our faith and, you know, we want, uh, with friendships, you know, we, I've, I've reached out to some friends and, you know, we'll, we'll probably ask you to be on when the time comes and even some, some of our mentors in our lives, you know, we want to, give people the opportunity, just like you did for us. We want to give our op- people opportunity to share their story. Man, so that's, that's kind of where that came from.
0: That's beautiful. And you know, I, I, uh, mentioned to you guys a little bit earlier. I had a meeting with a pastor friend that I've been connecting with for quite a while and, uh, intend to have him come on and share some of his story. We talked about very similar things tonight that, you know, those of us that have kind of, as you said, have been through hell and back, um we've we've lived life in the trenches and have been there and when we see others uh either in our family or in the congregations or the groups or the fellowships of people that we meet that we want to minister to when we see them going through hardships um i I believe the holy spirit kind of initiates in us that desire to uh, reach out you know and to help those people and um You know, David, you shared a little bit recently in our previous podcast about some of your life um, in in the world, you know, we call it the world in the church, in the churchy lingo, um, but you had some hardships that you came up with. Um, what what do you sense when you see or meet someone that you feel like um, maybe has been through some of the hardships you've been through? What What is the what does the Holy spirit say to you? Or what does your conscience say to you that you think might be helpful to that person to believe, Hey, if I could make it, you could make it. What, what helps um, you to reach out to that person in that way?
1: For me, you know, when I've had people tell me this, and I don't know if it's so much as me reaching out to them as one of the things that I feel like the Lord's, always impressed upon me is to be authentic. Mm -hmm. Be be real, be transparent, tell people the hard things because, you know, and I'll just I'll pref I'll say this. I I rarely ever tell people I'm a pastor. Yeah. And I I've I've been in construction for thirty one years and you know when you're in construction you hear everything and you see everything. Yeah. So you know, I've traveled. Kind of rough life.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, rough, lived that life, and you know, it's it's so funny that when you're talking to people and you can have conversation after conversation, and then once they find out you're a pastor, then all of a sudden this wall goes up. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, they they no longer see you as somebody they can confide in. You know, I've had people recently that I work with; they found out I was a pastor, and they start apologizing for conversations that we had you know six seven weeks ago because they dropped the f-bomb or something um you know and i'm i told him i said i'm pretty sure when people when pastors stub their toe they don't say bless you lord <laughs> my kids
0: got right. my, my kids got me a, a, a shirt a t-shirt for my birthday it's, it says uh i love jesus but i cuss a little
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: funny. And you're right. I you know, I in fact that pastor friend that I was with tonight, we were talking about that very thing. You know, we've we're at a place in uh America, especially and maybe even around the world, where that word pastor, uh that term, that title had kind of sort of ended up being almost equated with uh, um we've we've kind of made it a little bit holier than mm-hmm. it than it really uh, deserves. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, um, condescend or speak down on the roles that we play in the church. But, you know, the scripture says that God gave in the, in the new Testament church, some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, right. teachers, angels. It's a valid uh, role that is played in the church. But I think what I'm learning from a lot of people much smarter than me is that that pastor word is, uh, you break it down; it really means a shepherd person, right. a person that is um, a sheep herder. Uh, I heard it said in a great conference one year: um, "True shepherds smell like sheep." Yep. Yeah. And if you've ever dealt with, if you've ever herded sheep, and I haven't, but I've, 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 uh, I've uh, herded pigs <laughs> and cows on the farm. Uh, my understanding is that sheep are dumb and they, they don't know what to do for themselves. You have to do everything for them. So shepherding people that are called pastors, uh, I think we all end up with that that heart to um, to just try to be as real and as authentic as we can be. That's a good word for somebody. That's a good word for me, uh, David, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so as a person, um, you, you talked about the three Fs, faith and family and friendship. As a person of faith, just trying to be authentic, when you find the way to do that, and, and like you said on the job site, um, hey, I'm just going to be the real me, um, that tends to open up some doors and it kind of opens some conversations that maybe a pastor that thinks that his or her role is to sit at the church house and study the Bible, you know, 10 hours a day and kind of cocoon and isolate. Uh, being a pastor out in the workplace like that, it puts you in a different role, doesn't it?
1: Right. Yeah, I had, um, I, I started a position probably eight or 10 years ago, or I started with a company, and I moved up rather quickly. And when I started there, I immediately went into the office and everybody started calling me pastor because they, you know, it. they found out quickly who I was and stuff. And at the time we were at the Vineyard Church um, over on Valleydale. And, you know, some people that went some people that I worked with there in the office. Um, one of the ladies I ended up, she, she was like my mentor in the business world. Um, and we became really close like brother and sister. Her brother had actually committed suicide uh, a few years before she and I met. And she's a little bit younger than me, but business wise, she was, was and still is a mentor in my life. And we're really close friends. Um, I married her and her husband, But one of the things that always stuck out to me was she visited the church and when I spoke one Sunday and she came to hear me speak and the next week at work, she said that, you know, I come to the church and she said, I was expecting you to be somebody different than you were at work. She said so I really appreciate, she said, I'd never seen that in somebody and I appreciate that. So it, yeah. it really meant a lot to me, you know, and I, I think, you know, and, and it's not just me. I think there's a group of people out there that want to tear down this religious wall of that. The church has created that's kind of keeping people out um, because people that there's all types of people in the church and not, not everybody's got it together and we shouldn't pretend that we do because, you know, the, the word tells us that it's, um, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that changes people's lives. Yes. And with, yep, go ahead. that's good. So I've just, you know, I just keep trying to be myself and realize where I came from, you know, like i stated in the earlier episode that, you know, I grew up really poor. Um, and I was made fun of for, the clothes that I wore, the shoes that I wore, Christina made fun of me when we got married because I've got tennis shoes right now that's six, seven years old that still look brand new. They're they're in the box in my closet because I grew up without that stuff. So now I'll take I'll take if if I wear them to church, I'll come home, take them off, clean them, put them back in the box, and put them in the closet.
2: He most certainly does.
1: And <laughs> but that. they're not they're not expensive. Like I buy, you know, they're tennis shoes on sale for thirty or forty dollars, but um, you know, it's just stuff like that that I when when I got old enough to provide it for myself, you know, That's I just always took care of it. Right.
0: That's good. That's a good discipline.
1: So it's uh Well
0: Christina so so Christina, you've married this guy that um is just trying to be the real thing and he's a construction guy he's a pastor guy and uh here you are now married to this guy and doing ministry work and you mentioned that you kind of grew up in in a church world but uh, um what has it been like for you to kind of do life in the trenches um in a in a in a world where church is kind of becoming more and more you know we're having to break those walls down and be a little bit more authentic. Uh, what is that? What has that been like for you as the wife of, of that kind of pastor?
2: Well, um, I've learned a lot um, since David and I got together. He, he is a true You What you see is what you get. Right. And that's not, that's not, I'm not saying that bad, I'm saying that is a wonderful thing because in this day and time we live in a world where we're so afraid to let everyone see our true self. Mm -hmm. We're embarrassed, we're ashamed, you know, you know, the things that we've done and the things that, you know, we've walked through in life when in reality we're supposed to all be there for each other encouraging each other and lifting each other up and cheering each other on. And in this world we live in, you have so many people that are just tearing each other down because they don't see eye to eye. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really heartbreaking. Um, You know, I've learned a lot um, over the last few years, you know, we've always gone to church and, worship the Lord and um, realizing that that's good and it's great to come together as a body of believers, but the church is really for those who are hurting, not for those who already believe. And we're the Lord's temple. We're supposed to walk that out daily and let people see that in us. And David, he is a true example of that you know people people may judge him because he's got tattoos everywhere or whatever but he to me he's the biggest teddy bear you'll ever meet <laughs> and he loves loves everyone <laughs> I mean, absolutely, and that was Shiloh. If anybody
0: wants to know, yeah, that's the that's the Amen puppy. <laughs>
2: that's the baby. He's almost uh, eleven months old, and he has an opinion apparently. So, <laughs> um,
0: well, you're you're exactly right about David. I mean, I, first time I met David, I realized you know this guy's the real deal, and
1: yeah.
0: um, and you know, as you said, Christina, uh, it's such a good point. Um, We maybe, and I guess I feel this growing up in church, I had that conversation with several pastor friends. We grew up in a time when, you know, um, sort of uh, putting on that, um, I call it the beaver cleaver uh, family uh, persona. Everything's good. Everything's right. Right. I think most recently, um, I, I don't read, I don't know if it was Marvel or I can't remember the labels now, but WandaVision, I don't know if that's Marvel or DC, I can't remember the groups, but WandaVision had that kind of theme to it. You know, I, I want everything to be perfect and right. And uh, it, And I don't want to, part of what that may be is that we don't want to admit down deep down that there's something wrong with us, you know? Right. And so yeah. part of being authentic. Uh, And I think David has said it so well is just being honest about who you are Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: realizing your hardships, failures, or faults, and then being willing to just put that before the Lord and let it get healed. And um, I've heard it said in the health industry a lot hurting people hurt people, you know? Right. Yeah. And so if, if we can get our hurt healed and our pain healed, uh, and learn how to let the holy spirit and friends and counselors and therapists and medications if need be if we can get healed we can better understand and empathize with the hurt of other people and um, that's so that's just such a good word because i think if we can learn better how to accept others where they are mm-hmm. um, and just understand that hey that may be going through something i don't understand and right. Ask questions. I think if we ask questions more than we kind of proclaim statements, you know, um, we, we would learn more. And right. I found that to be true. I came up in an age where declaring and preaching and, you know, kind of that fire and brimstone, uh, proclaiming the word. Here's the truth and you better believe it. Uh, you better get right or you're going to get left. All these little mm-hmm. mantras we came up with. I've had to learn to. To back up a little bit, um, take a breath, think about my own sin, my own failures. I think I've I've quoted it several times. Mark Lowry, the comedian, says, why don't I hate my sin and you hate your sin? And let's just love each other, you know. Right. uh, And my little hashtag right now is, you know, it's all about love. I'm I'm on that. um, So, Christina, You mentioned David, you saw in him, you know, this is a real authentic guy. Um, What about your personality and his personality have y'all had to figure out, you know, you've mentioned a few times, how did y'all figure out how to make that work together as a team?
1: Well, that's, I, I, that's, I just want to preface that when we, when we met and we started dating probably the first week, um, which I, I didn't know, we was gonna get married that that soon or you know a week after we met but i just knew that um i met i met this woman that made me feel a way that i had never felt before and mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't want if she was gonna walk away it wasn't gonna be because she was gonna find out something about me later on So I just became, that's, and that's why I'm transparent today. You know, if people's not going to like me, then don't like me within the first five minutes. Don't, (laughs) don't waste, don't waste my time, you know, because I've had, I've had pastors, you know, they hear a part of my story and then they'll invite me to the church, you know, please come share, come speak. And then at some point they'll hear my whole story and then they'll rescind their offer. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they don't want people hearing the whole truth, you know, yeah. I don't, and I, it blows my mind. It's like, so you don't like the same Jesus that met with Paul on the road to Damascus and radically changed his life. You don't think he still operates today, you know? Yeah. So I just wanted to be upfront and truthful with her, you know, because when we, when we started dating, we were like kids. We stayed up till three or four o'clock in the morning, sitting in the car talking yeah. and, you know, just wanted to be with each other. And, you know, I, I realized real quickly that she grew up very, very sheltered. Yep. And I was the exact opposite. I was the hellion, hellraiser. And, <laughs> um, but I, th- I think to answer your question about our biggest obstacle is we're both A type personalities and we're both very headstrong. So yeah. with that, there comes a lot of compromise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, i'm laughing with you i'm laughing with you <laughs>
2: uh, let's see you and your wife the same way huh every
0: every honest married couple just said amen <laughs>
2: yes but it's so true though i mean yeah. we're both very motivated people you know we we have a vision. We we'll go from A to B. Boom, just like that. That's what we're gonna get. And, and we um, and
1: we we do tell people that you yeah. know when if somebody when we the past couple churches we've been on staff at we you know and I I'll tell people look if I overlook something or I'm not taking you don't think I'm taking something into consideration please tell me because when I get focused on something I want to get to the target. Right. And I I often miss what's going on around me. You know, that's just, Mm -hmm. that's just how I'm wired. Right. And so I tell people that if I, if you need me to slow down for some reason, then speak up, you know, because, and it, it's what makes it worse is we're both that way. Right. So we can both miss things.
2: But on the flip side of that, I can see things that he's missed and he can point them out to me or I can point them out to him. So... It does kind of work. It works in our favor, but we, like he said, yes, we can very much miss something (laughs) along the middle there because we're focused on that end goal and that end result. And we're both that way in our workplace too. Yeah. So I mean, we're just both very. So tell me,
0: tell me how, so tell me how have your kids responded to this? I know y'all got, uh, blended family and and how does that play out with your kids how do they react and, and deal with you two being that kind of similar personality but the way you compromise like you said Christina, how does that affect them
1: well well um for for me i when i came into the marriage i had never been the father of a girl,
0: you know, girls,
1: <laughs> not to mention, not to mention teenage girls. Yeah. So I was honest with the, the kids, you know, All and I told them, look, I'm going to need some grace because I've never had a 13 year old daughter or 14 year old daughter or 17 year old daughter, or, you know, at the time my son was, you know, 12, 13, I'd never had a son that, you know, I said, I'm going into this. We're all doing this together. Yeah and we're living this life together. And, um, you know, we, we never used the word step, stepchildren, step parents, any of that. And we just, we're just family, you know? So, um, you know, the girls know I love them. They call me anytime, 24 seven. Um, you know, the boys, which are our youngest son lives here in town. Our oldest son lives down in Mobile. Um, he's a little bit more disconnected, but, um, he's just, that's his artistic side. Yeah. You know, he, he likes to go his own path and do his own thing. And, um, but that's part of my personality too. You know, I, um, I left home at 18 after the day after I graduated, um, my youngest son left home the day after he graduated. So, you know, it's here we are, you know, he's making it. Um, the girl, our oldest daughter, has our two grandbabies, and our youngest daughter, she um, doesn't get any of her hard headedness from me.
2: <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, she does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's,
1: it's been a, you know, the, again, it just goes back to I, this is what the Lord had planned for us. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it would have worked out with anybody else any other way.
0: Yeah. So y'all have, you mentioned early on David that you guys are kind of focused on what you call the three F's. And I made a note of that faith, family, and then friendship. You've talked about your faith and Christina, you talked about your faith. We talked a little bit about your family and that dynamic. Um, I want to kind of throw a a little curve in here and maybe you guys can help put a bow on this. Uh, My wife and I have been, for most of our married life, we've been fans of the TV show Friends. And um, you mentioned friendship. Uh, We have done our best to try to be, uh, you know, friend to, to each other as well as spouse. And that takes compromise. It takes work. It's not easy. Uh, I heard the other day, somebody said, you know, uh, guys sometimes think that the wedding day is, that's the finish line. I, I made it. I accomplished right. what I had in mind. I got her, I, I got her, uh, you know, she's mine now and it's all over and uh, it's, you know, happily ever after. When, when really the marriage, the wedding day is really the starting line. Right. Yeah. Because that's when we gotta now figure out how do we make this work and how do we hang in there, especially on the hard days and the hard times. And so I think a part of marriage begins to become the real, the reality that we if we're if we're gonna make it we've got to learn how to be friends. Yes. Um, and I want to weave in I you know we've all watched as uh, Matthew Perry recently passed unexpectedly. Um, he was one of the cast members of the TV show Friends. Um, I've been amazed at the outpouring of love toward the cast and toward the family of uh, Matthew Perry uh, or the families of the other cast members that haven't yet really formally come out with a, uh, a tribute or memorial that that's kind of trickling out as, as the news of his death has occurred. Um, as, as we try to become more friend friend than just partners um david and christina you both may want to chime in on this i'm realizing that um people we try to reach and minister to really they they want to know if i open up and i and i show you my my warts all will you be my friend I'm not right. so concerned about accepting your gospel and your jesus right. quite yet i just want to know am i safe and can you be my friend and yeah. if you'll be friend that i might be able to trust you enough to share some of the things that i need help with how do you see that playing into your marriage your family your ministry work
1: for oh and this is something we tell our teenagers you know at church all the time is everybody in this world wants two things they, they want to be loved and they want to be accepted yeah. you know And it it doesn't matter what's going on in their life around in their family's life, you know, their, their lifestyle that they, you know, their workplace, any of that, everybody wants to be loved and accepted, Hmm. you know? And as far as if I could give some advice to all the young men out there and even maybe some old men, you know, if you're married, um, never stop dating your wife. You know, that's, yeah. I think, especially if you have kids set aside, set aside, you know, one uh, night a month or more, if you can, you know, that's something that when we had all of our kids at home, we made it a point. We went on a date at least once a month and, you know, we tell the kids we're going to be out late and when I say late, I mean, midnight,
0: <laughs> Yeah. <that's
1: good. laughs> right. but you know, it's, in, it's important, um, yeah. to like you said that the marriage is not the finish line, it's the starting line. Mm -hmm. And to get to the finish line, you know, I think that's part of hearing that well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. And you can cross that finish line together. Mm,
0: That's good. That's good. Christina, you want to chime in?
2: Yeah. So, um, we've done, we've had date nights from ever since we've been married. So, and we also plan short trips, um, like every few months, just to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, people are like, "Well, y'all, 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 are, y'all are together all the time, anyway. Y'all work from home. You know, y'all are in the same house. You know, what's the point? The point is just disconnecting
0: mm-hmm.
2: and having that time together. Because, as we've said prior, David and I are very much focused and working from home we're still gonna work if we're here
1: (laughs) yeah even though we're we work from home we're in two different rooms right and we may not see each other for eight or ten hours even in the same house right
2: it's so important to take that time out and connect um talk and you know spend time together um just nurturing that relationship um every day and making sure that um you're there for each other
1: and i think robert what you said you know about people um in you know in the in we in life in general you know i think it it goes back to for me personally it goes back to whoever i come in contact with just being that Authentic person, mm-hmm. you know that that real person that somebody can say, you know, one, well, one of my favorite things for people to say to me is, "You don't know what I've been through," because <laughs> yeah. I tell them, to "Pull up a chair and uh, bring bring a snack," you know. But
2: bring your popcorn because you're gonna be here a while.
1: <laughs> you know, it's uh you know the Lord has for some reason, you know, and I guess it's. The, the life that not only that we've lived, but that we've built together, the people that is attracted to us, you know, in society and in church and even some of our friends, you know, it's not, it's not, I don't, I don't want to say typical people, but, um, it's often outcasts and, you know, the, the ones that nobody else wants to have a part of. And, you know, there's, we have, um, You know, there's some people that are in our lives that some people would look at at them and say, why do you, you know, why would you include them or why do you care about them or, you know, why do you make space for them?
0: Mm.
1: It's because they want to be loved and accepted. Right. Mm. You know, because um, a young man had a, um, he was in a car wreck when he was young, you know, three or four years old. And has traumatic brain injury from that, and um, you know he he has some issues, and some people may not want him around, and but we love him, you know, and we tell him all the time you're you know you're you're part of the family you're you're accepted you know he he just wants to be like every other wow. young man, hmm. you know, and I just think it's important that we slow down enough, you know, and that's, that's coming from people that live their life at 120 miles an hour. Yeah, You know, some, and the Lord has over the past, you know, seven or eight years, the Lord has slowed me down on a few different occasions. Um, just because I think he was trying to show me something or teach me something. Um, and sometimes he slows me down in ways that, um, are not, I don't not They're not the last one of the times recently. Um, I I've never called into work on, in my adult life mm-hmm. and I called into work on a Monday and then Tuesday morning I ended up in the ER and the doctor told me if I'd have waited four more hours, I'd have died mm-hmm. because I had a strangulated hernia. Mm-hmm. But during that time, you know, on the, on the backside of that, I needed rest, you know, and the Lord bef- leading up to that, you know, there were some things that was going on in our life where looking back now, I can see the Lord was trying to slow me down, but, um, I don't take hints. well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not a good patient. So Oh
0: Lord. Uh, we don't even want to go there. My wife's got no, plenty I'm of testimonies for that.
2: No, I'm that during that, actually that one, that eventful time we had, um i'll never forget he woke up that one that morning it's like 3 a.m and of course he was he was sick and i i got up out of bed and i tried and looked at him i said are you ready to go to the er yet he said no i was like okay (laughs) fine you know and then a couple hours later they did the same thing and he said yeah well the man gets up robbie and puts on his work clothes his boots, his 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 workout fit. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'll go to work after this. I was like, N- no, you're not. So that was the joke at the ER. He came ready to go to work, but he wasn't going nowhere but to surgery. So, but
1: that that was the way I was raised. You right. know, my right, right, my I never, and I never remember my dad calling in. Um, my that's you know that's the one thing I know that I got from him work is it worth ec- work ethic. Yep. Um, yep. You know, and I just I've all, I I had pleurisy one time and mm-hmm. it was twenty degrees outside, and this was when I worked outside in construction and um, I was working had pneumonia pleurisy mm-hmm. and still working you know, would it was so bad. I had to sleep setting up because I couldn't breathe if I laid down. Mm, but, but anyway, um, yeah, this, the, the friendship part of the, our F's, the three F's is we want to love offer love and acceptance to those people who, you know, not only that maybe struggle with that in other parts of their life and, uh, but we also, you know, when you're in leadership in the workplace and especially in church, it seems like nobody wants to get close to you, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they say pastors are the loneliest people. The the loneliest profession is the pastoral position. You know, I, I don't ever want to be, you know, and I don't know why that is. I haven't done a lot of research on that. Um, but I don't ever want to be unapproachable by anybody you know, and I don't ever want anybody to feel like they can't approach me because of uh, that title that, you know, I, I didn't give that title to myself. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't tell people that, uh, which now, I guess anybody listens to to the last few podcasts, they'll hear, hear that. But, um, to me, it's just like you said, um, you know, shepherding people, you start to smell like the sheep. Mm You know, and then in the vineyard, one of the things that's always been said to me is never trust a leader without a limp. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: And, you know, I, I look around at my life and, you know, especially these last couple years, years, the last few years. And, um, you know, I, I see why that statement holds true. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you guys are just a blessing every time I talk to you, every time I'm around with you. And I am so excited about what's coming. And I know that, I know, David, you've been digging a little bit deeper on this uh, next series that you guys are going to produce about life in the trenches. And I know that, Christina, you're bringing, uh, as David said, some organization <laughs> to. Uh, <laughs> the study and some focus. And I just can't wait to hear what's going to come out of this next series that you guys are going to do. And, um, again, you guys are on social media, uh, easy to locate there. And, uh, we're going to connect you over to our website as well. I'm going to put a link on our website for you to be able to be reached. So, um, uh, if you've enjoyed listening today to David and Christina and their story, uh, be sure to our website robbymyrick.com r-o-b-b-y-m-y-r-i-c-k um, and uh, if you would like to be a part of what dave and christina are doing reach out to them we'll connect you to them on our social media channels as well um and david uh thank you and christina again for your time for sharing with us and um i'm just so looking forward to what's coming next and we uh have enjoyed a few events recently where we're watching these kids that are learning music, learning how to share the gospel, learning how to love one another. Um, and I think that what God has modeled in you guys in your lives and in your marriage and in your family is just kind of, uh, duplicating itself, you know, through the events we're having, through the workplace things you see happening and, um, so, thank you guys again so much for sharing with us today. Uh, any Anything you guys would like to say before we sign off today?
1: Um, just thank you for your friendship.
2: Yeah, amen.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Friendships are, um, that is kind of where we are. And Cheryl and I both just, uh, we we live by the mission of loving. And uh, it's all about love. We see a lot. So, thank you guys for your friendship. I appreciate that so much. And uh, we're going to do it again. We're going to have another episode soon. And again, uh, if you want to know more about Dave and Christina, go to our website, robbiemyrick.com. You can reach us on the social channels as well. And we look forward to the next time here on The Robbie Show. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. Well, thank you again for joining the Robbie Show. It's been great to have you come our way today. If you'd like more information about the Robbie Show or Robbie Myrick, go to our website, robbymyrick.com. R O B B Y M Y R I C K.com. You can access our blog, you can see our upcoming scheduled events. We love to play music. We love to come to churches and businesses and offer our stories, interview guests. If you'd like to sponsor The Robbie Show, please click on the sponsor link at the website. And you'll see the different levels of sponsorship available. And if you'd like to be on The Robbie Show, let us know. We want to talk to you too and share your story. Thanks again. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.